Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. So it's, it's, it's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. And we're going to be looking today at a text where our Heavenly Father is teaching all of us earthly fathers on how to be good fathers. And after I read the text, one of the things you're going to find is that if you want to be a good dad, what the Lord tells you to do is to use the book. That's the title of my message today. Everybody say, use the book. That's the key to being a good dad. If you're watching online, you want to be a good father, use the book. When we use the book, God helps us and backs us and strengthens us to be who we could never be on our own. How many know we need to use the book? And when we use the book, something special happens. And I want to say this up front. You know, a lot of dads, they, I know this firsthand, a lot of dads experience a lot of internal criticism. And here's why, it's because, it's because being a dad is difficult. What a massive, massive responsibility. Being a father can be overwhelming because when you think that, that these little lives plus your wife, people are looking to you, it's such a big deal. And so the enemy loves to criticize men and say, you're failing, you're not this, you're not that. But I'm here to declare to you, if you just try to everyone, use the book. He will help you. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Somebody say amen to that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just try. Use the book and you will see how God will help you. And so what I want to do is just go ahead and read right up front um, the Word of God and the encouragement of God to every man, every father. Deuteronomy chapter 6. The Bible says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. We need to get the book, the Word of God, on our hearts. Somebody say amen. That's the way we use the book. That's where it all begins. Now look at what else he says. He says, impress them on your children. This is the key to being a good dad is that we impress the Word of God on our children. And how do we do it? Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Then tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Then write them 
uh, on the door frames of your houses and your gates. We are called to use the book. And when we use the book, it enables us to teach our kids three very important things. Okay, and I want to give those to you very quickly here before we pray. First of all, when we use the book, our kids will learn the blessing of holy fun and laughter. It is our role to teach our children that you can have fun in life without indulging in sin. Amen. Amen. We can teach them by the kind of homes that we have that you can be blessed. It is a good thing to love and serve the Lord. Things go well when we love and serve the Lord and we don't have to indulge in the things of this world in order to have a good, fun life. Somebody say amen to that. Hallelujah. Life is good when we serve the Lord. Secondly, we, we're called to teach them the value of costly obedience. We have to teach our kids that honoring God is costly sometimes, but totally worth it. It's totally worth it. You see, when we, when we value and when we honor God and value of bringing him glory, even if it costs us obedience, there is a blessing that comes upon our lives. God becomes your friend when you honor him. God becomes the, your backing when you honor him. How many know if we honor God, God will honor us? There's nothing like having the backing of the living God. And that's what happens when we say, I just want to obey the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And our kids, they, 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 they pick it up and they say, you know what? This is the way that we're supposed to go. And then here's the last thing is when we use the book, our children learn the joy of wise choosing. You see, making choices that honor God brings joy to your life. When we make choices that dishonor God, it might be a little bit of pleasure in the moment, but in the end, it brings deep, incredible sorrow. And so it's our role to put these things in front of them to make the impression upon our lives. Our role is to make an impression, and here's the truth of the matter, you cannot control your kids. We want to control our kids, but how many know kids are people too? And they make their choices. Ultimately, they will choose their school. They'll choose their friends. They'll choose their spouses. Ultimately, they're going to choose where they're going to live. That's the way of life. But we can make an impression upon them that will shape all of those decisions. God promises to help us make an impression upon their lives. And when we make that impression, powerful things happen. Listen to this. This is a, see, sometimes we don't even realize that we're making an impression, but we are. So I want to read this to you from a famous guy's journal. Charles Francis Adam, son of 
uh, President John Quincy Adams and grandson of President John Adams. He kept a diary. And one day he, en uh, he entered in his diary, went fishing with my son today, a wasted day. Now cut the guy some slack, okay? Because you don't know what he was facing that day. It's not easy to be a dad. Maybe he had bills to pay. Maybe he was uh, worrying about something going on with his business. Like, who knows what was on his mind? And he was like, man, I promised my son that I'm going to go fishing with him, and I'm going to keep my word to him. But he may have been loaded down with all kinds of stuff. That happens all the time. So maybe, you know, in his own frustration, he said, a waste of day. Now, his son, Brooke Adams, also kept a diary, which is still in existence. On that same day, Brooke Adams made this entry. Went fishing with my father the most wonderful day of my life. How many know if we show up and if we try, God will help us to make the right impression. Somebody say amen. He will help us. He will help us. He will help us. And so I want to pray. I want to pray today that God would help us to receive and believe that he really wants to use us. He really wants to use us to make a powerful impression. He's able by his mighty power. Lift your hands with me right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for every father. Lord, we honor, oh God, every father in this house. Lord, watching online, we honor our fathers, Lord. And God, we just thank you most of all because you are our heavenly father. And Lord, we thank you that you promised to help us. Oh Lord, and I pray for grace to make the impression that we're called to make. I pray for the Holy Spirit, Lord, to free us from criticism, to free us from condemnation, to fill us with faith, oh God, and a hunger, Lord, to pursue you and to honor you and to use the book. So bless this word, bless our time. In the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen, amen and amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. We got to use the book. And using the book is what enables us to make an impact on their lives. So what does the scripture tell us here? The first way that we use the book and make an impression is that we talk about the book. Everyone say, talk about the book. Dads are supposed to be talkers because when we talk, we teach. When we talk, we teach. And we're supposed to be talking about the Word of God in our homes. He said, talk about it in your home. When you wake up, when you, when you lie down, let the Word of God flow out of you. What the Bible says to us personally becomes what they learn to hear for themselves personally. And here's why this is very, very important. You see, when you talk to your kids about the Bible, here's what happens, okay? You develop their conscience and you sow seeds into their worship. If we talk to our kids, if we put the word of God in front of them, we are developing their conscience. 
Their conscience is that voice inside that says, this is right and this is wrong. It's that voice inside that teaches them what is honorable and dishonorable. Pastor Jake uh, uh, got married yesterday right here on this altar. He's on his honeymoon right now. And, you know, he was telling me a story about when he was about 12 years old. So he was on, on a, I don't know if it was a baseball team or a basketball team, but most of the kids on the team cursed because most of the parents of the kids on the team, they also cursed. They could hear them cursing. How many of you know dads that curse raise up sons that curse? And moms too, right? If we say filthy things, our kids say filthy things. So here's a funny thing though, is so if Jake's dad wasn't there, Jake would curse too. He's saved now, you know, he's a good man now, but you know, so he's 12. So it's funny, but, but his dad, whenever his dad would come, he wouldn't curse because his dad didn't curse. And so he said one day, he remembers this. One day, he's driving in the car with his dad, and his dad says to him, hey, I notice that you're not cursing like the other kids, and I want you to know I'm proud of you. And so Jake was like, oh, snap. How many know when you speak the truth, it brings the right kind of conviction? So that he felt in his conscience, wait a second, it's good that I don't curse in front of him, but I shouldn't curse behind him either. That's my father. And what he does, that's what's right. And so he develops a sensitivity. When we talk the word of God, we're putting inside of them what they need to be able to judge this life and make decisions in this life. And then he gets older, and because he has this conscience that knows. You know what I believe? What we're seeing right now in our culture is a generation of people who were raised without the Bible. Okay? And you can have the best education, the highest level of scientific advancement. You can have the best everything, the people who think they're the most cultured and everything else. But without the word of God, man loses his sense of right and wrong. And so let the world do that. But as for me in my house, how many know we got to talk the word of God in our home? Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Use the word. Talk the word. Look at what Proverbs 12 says. Proverbs 12, 14 says, From the fruit of his mouth a man is satisfied with good, and the work of a man's hands comes back to him. You know the real work of life is to raise a strong family, and we raise a strong family when we talk the word of God. Now let me just say a couple more things about this. Number one, brothers, you don't have to sound like a pastor or a preacher to talk about the Word of God. Somebody say amen. I don't even know what a pastor sounds like. You know, you think I wake up in the morning and put a tie on and, uh, and have a Bible under when the kids come to breakfast, you know, like that? It's like, 
Come on, you got your chanclas on or whatever, your shorts, your teeth, you know, your robe, just regular people. But we talk the book. We, we say what we read that morning. We, we pray over that. And if you're a new convert, you could be two days in the Lord. And can I encourage you Take, it's not what you don't know, it's what you do know. God will take the little that you know and he will bless it and he will strengthen it and he will multiply it in the life of your home. How many believe we'll know the truth, even a little truth begins the process of freedom. Use the book by talking the book. It's okay. It's okay if you don't know it all. It's okay for you to say, you know what, I don't even know the answer to that, but we're gonna find out. But we want to be led by the word. When I first gave my heart to the Lord, there was a, and I started going to church, I I met this um, uh, police officer. And um, I was discipled by one police officer, but I met another guy, and he told me his story. And so he kind of had a radical conversion. He had never been to church Either he got saved by watching a preacher on TV, gave his heart to the Lord, started reading the Bible, and um, he said, yo, I was out of control when I first got saved. He said, my wife thought I was crazy. He said, because I would read the Bible like this. I'd be sitting in a chair, and I would read the Bible, and I would go, oh, my goodness. And he would run over and say, look at this, look at this. And she would be like, And one of his boys had to talk him down and say, yo, you know. But listen, listen, no matter what, if you're trying to get close to God, your wife and your children will ultimately appreciate it. Just talk and try. And how many know the Holy Spirit? He's a helper. He's a teacher. He will lead us. He will guide us. Talk the book. Talk the book, talk the book, quote the Bible. The Bible is so, so powerful. When you elevate the Bible, you are giving your children the highest authority to put their faith and trust in, even above you. You know, it's so funny because your kids get a certain age when um, they don't agree with you. But if you use the Bible, say, okay, you want to disagree with God? That's bright. You get it? This is the supreme authority. So God said, look, let it be on your heart and impress it on their hearts, first of all, by talking the book. Here's the second thing that he said. He said, carry the book. Everybody say, carry the book. Yes. When he says in the text that I read to you today, tie it on your hands. Bind it on your forehead. Okay, did he say that I should walk around like this? No, he didn't say, that's not what he meant. He meant that you really need to carry the word of God with you wherever you go. Not just in church, but wherever you go, carry the book. Now this is a big deal because this point is for your family and for the people you're called to impact But when it says carry, he's basically saying carry this for yourself. 
And here's why. It's very, very important. Who you are when they're not watching impacts who they see when they are watching. You see, I feel like kids and wives, they just have a built-in x-ray machine. And they can read a counterfeit. But if you're just sincere and you're just trying, you know, but you're like carrying it in your heart, they get it. They get it. And little by little, God begins to make an impression that is really, really powerful. God was telling uh, 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 those people, he's telling every man, look, tie the book, carry it wherever you go. Everybody carries something to guide them. People carry their phone as if it's a GPS. How many know this is the Holy Ghost GPS? How many know this is the word of God that will lead and guide and direct our choices? And there's something really powerful when we carry it. I want to give you two quick stories about this. So, um, um, yes, when we did the wedding, Jake had the, uh, Jake and Amanda, the largest wedding party of any marriage. I've done a lot of weddings. That's the largest wedding party I've ever seen, both sides. One of the guys on Jake's side was Henry D., one of the members of our church. And I got to chat with Henry. And um, uh, Henry is currently the head coach of the Chicago Bulls G League. He's the head coach of their minor league team. He played professional basketball in Europe, was a superstar in Europe. And um, he and Allie, they just are wonderful people. So anyway, I got to chat with uh, Henry yesterday, and I heard a story about Henry. So we send a group of men to Belmont Cragen Elementary School, or one of the elementary schools here in our area. So many things going on. And Henry went one day, and he shared his testimony, and he told the kids, he said, look, I lost my dad when I was about 12 years old. I think that's right, the, the, the age. And he said, so I grew up, a lot of my life I grew up without a dad. He said, but even though I grew up without a dad, he said, God, my heavenly father, became my father. And I want to say this to every person here because maybe you grew up without a dad or maybe right now your dad is not around. But even if your dad is not around, your heavenly father is right here and he's ready to help. Somebody say amen. And he said, God kept me and helped me throughout my life and taught me even how to be a father and how to be a man of God. And he was sharing with them about how God has kept him even through professional basketball and the, the life of a professional athlete. And he made such an impression on them that three of those kids or two or three of those kids are coming to church right here and right now. How many know we're called to make an impression and I want to say this this is the family of God and kids are supposed to walk in the doors of this church and even if they don't have a father on the outside they should have many fathers on the inside because there are men of God in this house and we are called to help and to serve one another come on say amen if you believe that we are the family of God we provide what's missing out there 
And that's what he did. And it's funny. So I'm talking to Henry, and um, uh, he actually shared a message with me. I told him, yo, I'm going to steal that and preach that myself. Such a good word for me. And then while we're talking, he shows me a text from a professional basketball player who's not with him anymore. But here's what the text says. The text says, hey, um, I've been reading the Bible in the morning more than ever before. Thanks for planting the seeds. Could we praise the Lord? Hallelujah. We're called to make an impression, but you make an impression when you carry the book. Here's story number two. I just heard this this week, and this is real for our kids, for our, for our children. So there's a 13-year-old in our church who recently was sitting in the lunchroom, and um, while he was sitting in the lunchroom, a bunch of kids ran over to another kid who had a phone with him. And um, they were saying, come on, come on, come over here. And they're all gathering around. Now, first of all, at their school, you're not supposed to have phones in the lunchroom. Or you're not supposed to carry phones during the day. But nonetheless, he snuck one in. They were all looking. And this is him sharing with his mom. So the mom was like, well, what was it? What were they looking at? And he said, Mom, they were looking at porn. So Mom went, gulp. And she said, well, what did you do? And he said, I stood my ground. I didn't move. I didn't go over there. And he said, because Mom, Dad, talked to me about this. And we even kind of read some kind of book or something together. And he taught me that the Bible says that I shouldn't look at another man's wife like that. Come on, somebody say amen to that. Hallelujah. Powerful when a man says to his son, you'll have your own wife. You'll have a woman who belongs to you. You belong to her, right? But you need to be respectful and you need to tame yourself. And so... He said, you know, dad told me so. I didn't do it. See? But he trusts that that's who his dad is. When we step out, and look, let's say you have a life, a past of failure. Okay? It still doesn't matter. Because the blood of Jesus cleanses us and gives us a brand new start. Don't receive the guilt trip of the devil over your life. Don't receive the condemnation of the devil over your life. How many know the word of God is true? And when you exalt the word of God, you are activating truth in the lives of the people around you and even in your own life. Carry the book, believe in the book, and say, devil, I've made a lot of mistakes, but my mistakes are under the blood, and I'm going to serve God from here on out, and I'm going to testify and glorify that Jesus is Lord and King. Hallelujah. 
Don't let your past mistakes hold you back from being someone who is making an impression for the glory of God. Amen. You know what Paul said, right? Paul said, I'm the chief of sinners. The apostle Paul, the guy who was attacking, murdering, putting Christians in jail, he was one of Jesus' greatest enemies and he be became his greatest instrument. So regardless of where you've been, there is no, con everybody say no condemnation. The Bible says there's no condemnation for those who are found in Christ Jesus. Come on, let's praise him one more time for that. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes. We just need to say, Lord, I'm going to follow you now. I'm going to carry it now. I didn't carry it before. But now I'm going to carry it around with me. I'm going to carry the word of God. Listen to this verse, and I want to make one more point. Psalm 112 says this. It says, praise the Lord. Happy is the person who honors the Lord, who takes pleasure in obeying his commands. Their children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Hallelujah. Our children will be mighty in the land. Our children will be mighty in the land. That's what the Bible says. And can I say this? Andrew Murray talks about this in a book on raising children. He says Moses, who was only with his mom and dad till he was about five years old, maybe seven, but five years old, more or less. And, um, and while, he was, while he was growing up till five years old, they were putting the word of God in him. And, and Andrew Murray makes the observation that after that, even though he grew up in the palace of Pharaoh, all of the teachers of Pharaoh, all of the idolatry, all of the ungodliness, the seeds that they put inside of him put something so deep and so powerful that when he grew up, he said, I'd rather suffer with, suffer with the people that honor God than, than enjoy the pleasures of this world with the people that dishonor God. I'm going to follow the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God will anoint what we put into our children. The children of the righteous will be mighty in the land. Hallelujah. When we sow the word of God, when we pray, how many know we win? I love this. It says he's not afraid of receiving bad news. His faith is strong and he trusts in the Lord. He trusts in the Lord. My prayer is that somebody would say, you know what, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to activate my relationship with God like never before by getting alone with the Word of God. Hiding the Word of God in our hearts. And then here's the last thing, and I'll close with this. He told them three things. He says, I want you to make an impression on their hearts by talking the book, by carrying the book, by tying it uh, on, your, on you. And then lastly, he says, then I want you to write it on the doorposts of your house. In other words, he said, I want you to display the book. Everybody say, display the book. Display the 
God was saying, I want your house to be known as the house that honors God. Nobody's perfect, but I want people to know that you guys belong to Jesus. Okay? And it doesn't mean that you have to have some banner on your house. Go home and get a banner. You know what I mean? So funny, I was thinking about this. We had someone come over our house once, and they were like, where's the crosses? There should be crosses everywhere. I'm like, it's not a church. It's my house. You know what I mean? But we have the cross in our hearts. You understand? When you have the cross in your heart, how many know people know? People know. Hallelujah. I was talking to one of my neighbors the other day. He goes, so are, are you... Are you like the Pope? <laughs> I say, no, bro, I'm not like the Pope, you know. God, God is able to back your life with his presence. Here's the way, here's the way Moses put it. I think this is, this is really powerful. He said, then Moses said to the Lord, Lord, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. He said, how will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? He was saying, Lord, put your presence upon us and let your presence go before us. Lord, when people walk into our house, it might be a humble home, a simple home, but when they walk in, let them feel your presence. Let them feel your peace. Let them feel your blessing. Oh God, put your presence upon our lives. We want to stand out. We want to put you on display, oh God. Any man that says, Lord... I want to walk with you and honor you. And I want your presence to be upon me and mine. That man will have the friendship of God. And when you have the friendship of God, can I tell you something? You have everything. Out of all of the billions of people on this planet, anyone that turns and say, Lord, I want you to be my savior and my king. And I want you to shape my life and order my steps. And Lord, I'm just an average Joe, and everybody is. Some people have a few more gifts than others, but we're all just average folks with a fallen nature. You see, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. But when you love God, when you spend time in the presence of God, and say, God, I want to be your friend. I want to honor you. I want to obey you. Guess what? His presence follows you. His presence follows you. That person, that woman, that man, they are favored by the living God. Anybody here want to be favored by the living God? Could you put your hands together and say yes? We're called to put them on display. Put them on display. Not by preaching everywhere you go. You don't have to like be preaching a sermon all the time. But just, just be Jesus. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Here's my last verse. This is Colossians 3.12. 
Look at what the Bible says. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. This life really preaches. This life, it sends a message and it puts the Lord on display. I love the fact that you could be 50 years in the Lord or five days in the Lord and still you could put the Lord on display. You could be 50 years in the Lord or five days in the Lord and you can make an impression for the glory of God. All we have to do is open up our hearts to him and really follow him. In the beginning of the service, my wife made a call for anyone who wanted to receive Jesus. If you prayed that prayer, it's, it's an amazing thing, but if you prayed that prayer, the moment you prayed that prayer, the Spirit of God came into your heart. And now you can start this walk with him. And for the rest of your life, all you have, the Bible says he's as close as the mention of his name. How many are thankful that on our worst day, oh, we have to say, Jesus, right there, he's ready to help us. Anybody happy about that? Hallelujah. So you know what I want to do? I want to pray for every man in the house. So brothers, I want you to stand to your feet. Come on. And I want you to do something else. Stand to your feet, slip out of your seat, come to the front. We're going to pray over you. We're going to pray together. Come on, let's praise God for all of the brothers in the house. Come on, this is a good thing. Hallelujah. Come to the front. Hallelujah. Can I tell you, this is absolutely fantastic. This is... So many services. We call the women forward. What a packed house. But today this place is packed with the men of God. Come on. Let's put our hands together. Get close. Get close. Hallelujah. Hallelujah for every man in the house. All right, brothers, lift your hands to God right now. Hallelujah. Ladies, would you stand and reach out like this, your hands, and begin to pray. Pray that God would impress the word on every man. Pray that God would, would silence the voice of the critic. There are so many men who have been criticized by the enemy for so many years. But today that voice is going to be shattered and broken and removed. Hallelujah. Father, we lift up every man in this place. We thank you for every man of God, Lord. And God, we thank you that you want to use them for your glory, Lord. God, make us men that use the book today, oh God. Begin something here. Begin something now, Lord God. God, we open up ourselves to you, Lord, that you might impress on us so that we can make an impression for you, Lord Jesus. We pray for every man. And God, we pray that there would be no condemnation, oh God. God, we pray that you would give us strength to deal, oh God, with every struggle in the name of Jesus. God, we pray for your presence and power today, oh God. 
to enable men, oh God, to carry the book like never before, Lord Jesus. Help us to pray, help us to talk with you and to walk with you, Lord God. God, help us to talk out loud. Give us courage and boldness to say what the Word of God says. God, would you build the friendship of every man? Build our friendship with you, Lord Jesus. Make us strong in the Lord and in the power of your might. God, make us the men that we're called to be, Lord Jesus. Come on, pray. Say, God, make me who you want me to be. Come on, use your own lips. Use your own mouth. Father, make us who you want us to be, Lord Jesus. Help us to make an impact. Help us to make an impression in the days ahead. Help us to put you on display, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you for every brother that's come forward. And God, we pray that there would be a new hunger, a new freedom, a new courage, oh God, to go after you, Lord. I pray that their relationship with you would be strengthened like never before. And God, we thank you for the powerful impression that you're gonna make through their lives. We thank you, God, for the way you're gonna use each and every life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, let's put our hands together for every man of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, brothers, I want you to turn, give a brother a hug and say, the Lord is with you. Come on, tell him the Lord is with you. God bless you, everyone. Turn.